Well, we hope everyone has recovered from a wonderful Christmas holiday in 2022. 2023 is upon us very soon. It's coming fast. Wow. It's weird. Uh, This is your flu by. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't wait for what we are going to be doing in season three. Kelly has some awesome stuff lined up for us to do next year. You guys will just have to stick around to find out. Awesome stuff. And I've not even told Scott because he would have already spoiled it. Oh, yeah. Don't you tell can't me. tell Scott a secret. Yeah, don't tell me. I, I, I have access to the list. I can just go look. I'll just change it. That's true. You will. My name is Scott Wright. I am a mediocre journalist. I'm Kelly Turner. I'm not a doctor. I'm Katie Givens. I'm not a lawyer. Now, Katie, in 2023, will we have to change all this? Will you have to be a lawyer at that point? No, no. We've got so it we figured can, out. Okay. So we can go through season three. Relax that you're not going to be a lawyer. We'll go through season time. four and probably season five too. Oh, I think oh, we've got. Okay. We've yeah, got. she's dragging us out. It's she's okay. limping towards her degree. Well, they don't give it a law degree quickly. <laughs> That's true. And even when she gets it, we've already discussed this. You don't know this. Who's you, Kelly? Okay. Sorry, I keep yeah. forgetting that I have to tell everybody who yeah, I'm you're speaking to. At me, I know. I just point. Yep. But I can see the three of you here in our uh, team of, of experts you? studio. The three of you. The three of us. Okay. Oh, yeah. Is there say, someone else in the room who, with us, Scott? Who else Wait, do you see? You guys don't see the guy standing in the corner? No. Oh, no, that's the ghost of Christmas. We have already past. figured out. <laughs> oh, God. It's happening. You have a list that mm-hmm. you have access to, and then there's the real list. <laughs> so I get the fake list, is of, what you're telling yes, me. Yes, of what we were going to do. That's for fair. I, I don't blame you for that. And also, if y'all didn't know, Scott, we will have a, we will have a plan, and then... For the weeks leading up to the plan, Scott will text us about every day. So yep. what are we doing next week? Yeah. And we're like, we're anyway. doing this, Scott. Okay, great. <laughs> a couple of days later. So what's the plan? Yeah. I just want to make sure that you guys haven't colluded behind my back and changed everything. Yeah, well. I'm afraid I'm going to show up one Sunday and you guys are like walking out the door. Oh, we're finished. Bye. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't already. We, we, soon. Your questions wouldn't have, wouldn't stop it though, you know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Or we get this thing from Scott where it's going to be like three or four weeks before he's back in the big chair. And so he gets a case that he's working on. Yes. And we, Katie and I are working on the cases that we're going to be doing coming mm-hmm. coming up, either the next week or com- coming soon. And we are flooded with texts from Scott and, and Word documents about what he's working on down the road. And then he gives me crap when I don't read them. Is this an intervention? It's an intervention. We're like, Scott, we, we take one day, one case at a time and we'll get to yours. I'm trying to work on the upcoming case, the immediate case. I will get to the one that's down the road. But you know what I love about that, Scott? I love- Nothing, it sounds like. No, 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 I do. I love your passion for your cases that you take over. Well, I have I a lot think, of free time. I think people should know that. They yeah. should know that about you, that when it's your turn to mm, be in the big chair. It's ridiculous. You have researched and researched. You've worked on it for weeks. Yes. I'm and ready for the next. The, I know what the next one is that I'm doing. I'm yeah. not going to tell anybody. No, you're not going to tell her. We're but I can't wait to do the next one that I'm in charge of. It's going to be great. But Scott, do you know who doesn't have a lot of free time? Everybody else in the world. Kelly and I. <laughs> Everybody else in this room. We struggle with finding a yeah, free Kelly time. Kelly and I have a pretty full plate. I understand. Pretty full plate. Well, but it, it, it's why we make it work. Yes. It, it's, yeah. it's, a great, it's a great thing. I'm glad to round out season two with you guys, and I can't wait for season three. Same here. And, and to all the listeners out there, thank you so much. 
And uh, don't go anywhere. I mean, we'll be back next year, which is next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got nothing else to do. As long as you guys are going to come along, let's keep doing let's this. Keep it's it. fun. It is fun. It is yeah. fun. I it, love that's weird saying that. I feel weird. I know. That. Yeah. It's creepy. But it's a hobby that we have. And along the way, we have found out that uh, a lot of people have this hobby. Yes. It's a big thing right now. Yeah. It is. So we're going to have more guests in our studio in season three. Yeah. I asked, I asked Jake Graves yesterday if he would like to come on the show again. He was very abrupt and said, no. <laughs> uh, Jake hated it, I think. Yeah, he didn't he like did it. He did not like it. Yeah. But I think that Kevin Green enjoyed it. Greeny will be back. Okay. We, Greeny and I have something planned for next November. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. That's ahead. November 2023. It's happening right here on this podcast. Okay. But now, Jake did a great job when he was uh, here. He did, I too. He just, I just don't think it was his bag. He did not have fun, but he did a great job. Yeah. But he, yeah, it's, it is not. Some people, you know. stick a microphone in their face and they don't like it. Luckily, the three of us, just, we're drawn to microphones. I know, we had it. We also had uh, Julie Graves. Yes. On the show. And she loved it. She, she enjoyed Stacey's it. Stacey's been here. We've had Mike Stacey, O'Dell, the Mike district O'Dell. attorney. We've had Bo Jolly and his daughter. Yep. Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Did I say that right? You Why did. everybody just look at me? Caitlin? No, yeah. no. Because you're speaking. Time with it. Yeah, I know. we're looking okay. at you because you're talking. My bad. Um, I still have the the PowerPoint that they shared. Yes, that was great information. That was, yeah. Bo Jolly's presentation. Yes. Was awesome. Yeah. It was yeah, awesome. He, yeah. He, and he goes around to schools uh-huh. and shows it that. does that. At their, for, is there a forensics class? Apparently there is some yes, sort there of was elective. In, yeah, there was. Yeah. yeah. I think Jeannie Hatmaker teaches that class. Somewhere. Oh, okay. I think she so, mentioned yeah. that to me. I think we should get her on. We have some collaborations uh, in the works with that in 2023. Oh, see, I've already so fun stuff. Spoiled the surprise no, that's not again. Okay, okay. Well, look, Shane was on one episode once. You know, he didn't listen to it. He doesn't know what he said. But he was oh, the here. Halloween episode mm-hmm. of season one Halloween yeah, story. Yeah, allegedly he has seen a ghost. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Whatever. You know who we should get? We should get uh, Dr. Allen or Joy Allen mm-hmm. on the show because, yeah. uh, of course, Clint's a doctor and then Joy's a nurse practitioner. So, you know, we should get a real doc. A real doctor. A real yes. medical professional that, in the building. That would be uh, that would be a catch for this show. Yeah. If would. we did that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're in charge, so make it happen. It would definitely be an upgrade, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Understatement of the year. You saved it for the last. All right. So looking forward to that. But we all we still have to finish 2022 today. What you got for us? Okay. So on deck today, I have yet another lady from Alabama mm-hmm. who poisoned people. How many is this now? WTF. Is this three? Is it four? It's at least three, maybe four. I, I'm going to make a prediction. I don't know. Don't let me spoil anything. Okay. So this is going to be a case that happened in the 50s or 60s, maybe, because okay. that's how women got away with killing their husbands back then. They just poisoned them. Okay. And I, I, that's a total guess, everything that I just said. If you were putting, uh-huh. you would be on the green. Got it. But not, you hadn't, you've not sunk it yet. Understood. So you're very close. I will very stop close. talking. All right. So here we go. Earl... Dennison is the name of the lady that we're speaking about today. Yes, I said that right. Earl Dennison. Is that an Earlene? No, it is not. It just okay. says Earl. Right. E-A-R-L-E, Dennison. So I'm going to start in May of 1952. So uh, there you go. All right. So on May the 1st, 1952, 
two-year-old Shirley Diane Weldon became very sick. She complained to her mother, Cora Bell Weldon, that her stomach hurt. She started vomiting violently and convulsing. Now, Shirley Diane eventually died at the Wetumpka, Alabama Hospital. Cora, her mother, wanted to take young Shirley to the hospital earlier, but at the advice of a trusted nurse and family member, she waited. This nurse and family member just said that Shirley was suffering from a, quote, an upset stomach. She'll be fine. Shirley's death was an almost identical death to one in the same family, the Weldon family. On the day that Shirley was born, her older sister, Polly Ann, became very sick with stomach pains and began vomiting. In the same hospital where her mother had hours before given birth to Shirley Diane, Polly Ann died. So both these daughters have, or both Two daughters. daughters have died. Two daughters. So Polly Ann dies when Shirley is being born. Two years later, Shirley dies in the same hospital. That's horrific. That's, that's a nightmare. It's tragic. Now, of course, everyone in this family is just devastated by this. And, uh, upset when when Polly Ann dies on her sister's birthday. Mm-hmm. But when Shirley Ann died, almost the same exact way, I mean, identically, everyone's now very suspicious. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. Something's not right. And we've heard this story too many times on this podcast. Our listeners out there already know how this story is going to go, right? Yes. They were poisoned. Yeah. I mean, we knew that. Upset stomach. Before I, before I, if I had not even said what I said at the beginning, you guys would have known and our listeners would have immediately poisoned. Yeah. Just describing the symptoms that the the little girls were having. So immediately after Shirley's death, Gaston and Cora Bell, that's the couple who lost the two daughters, they are going to suspect foul play. And the reason they're going to do that is there's only one consistent factor in the deaths of their daughters, and her name was Earl Dennison. Earl Dennison was the 52-year-old aunt of Polly Ann and Shirley Diane. She was related to them by marriage. Now, her late husband, his name was Lim Weldon. Lim. Lim, L-E-M. This was Cora Bell's brother. Earl was an operating room nurse. She had over 25 years of experience in this field, and it was Earl Dennison, who was the, quote, trusted family member and nurse, who had advised them not to take Shirley Diane to the hospital because it was only an upset stomach. Now, more reasons for why they're targeting Earl Dennison for this. When Polly Ann became ill, While Shirley was being born, she was being watched by Earl, and she became ill after Earl bought her a celebratory ice cream cone because her sister was being born. Mm. Yep. And then the hospital where Shirley Diane was born, where Polly Ann died, and then Shirley eventually died, was where Earl worked. Okay. They were connecting dots. 
So, rightly so, they ask for an autopsy on Shirley Diane. So, Dr. C.J. Relling, I think is how you, you say this, it's R-E-H-L-I-N-G, Relling. Sounds right. Relling. Uh, he was the Alabama State toxicologist at the time, and he's going to perform this autopsy. Now, Earl is going to watch this procedure because, you know, she's a nurse. So, Dr. Relling, is, he's going to examine the child, and he's going to find the following. The mucosa of the body displayed an uncharacteristic bright red color. Mucosa is a moist tissue that lines particular organs and body cavities throughout the body, including the nose, mouth, lungs, and gastrointestinal tract. There were also Aldrich Mee's lines on the little girl's fingernails. If you will remember back to our discussion. Of the I Black remember Widow, that from previously. Remember the Black Widow, Marie Healy. We talked about her daughter having these on her fingernails. Her daughter, Carol, who was, at, was being poisoned by her mother. Now, fortunately, Carol survived. But right. the doctor caught it because of those lines, right? Yep. Started noticing those lines. And, and because of these findings now on this little girl, Dr. Relling is going to examine the tissues for arsenic. And, of course, he's going to find an above normal amount. Now, we've talked about this. You know, there are... Strangely enough, normal amounts right. <laughs> of certain things that you can yeah. have in your body. And then there's above normal. And when you've been poisoned, of course, it will be above normal. Mm-hmm. And that's what he found. So there was physical evidence taken from the welding home. Now, Dr. Rowling also examined this evidence. And Gaston, which is Shirley's father, gathered up several items he thought were connected to Shirley's sickness after she was taken to the hospital. He was already suspicious at this point when the little girl became sick at their home after Earl had arrived. He took, he brought to the hospital in a paper bag, uh, Corabelle's vomit-soaked dress, Mm. the little girl's vomit-soaked clothes, a towel, and a Coca-Cola bottle. He had stored these items at his brother's house until Shirley died and that's when he turned them over to the coroner. The coroner gave the items to Relling, who detected large amounts of arsenic in the clothing, on the clothing. There was also, um, he examined the soda bottle, and there was, there was no arsenic found in the soda bottle. However, at the Weldon home, police found the cup that Shirley used to drink soda mm-hmm. that Earl had given her and they did find trace amounts of arsenic. So let me tell you what happened on that day. I I can't wait to Yeah. What's the motivation here? So Earl Dennison comes over to visit her two year old niece Shirley. Mm-hmm. And the little girl runs to her aunt, gives her a big hug, jumps up in her lap, sits for a minute. Earl says, I brought you a treat. It's a soda. But it was, it, we call everything Coke or Coca-Cola here in, mm-hmm. in the South. Right. But it, it was an orange soda. Okay. So she takes the orange soda into the kitchen and she pours it into to a cup for the little girl and gives it to the little girl. So they did not find arsenic in the actual soda bottle. Right. But when they examined the cup that she poured it into, it was there. So what she did was, after this two-year-old 
jumps up in her lap, hugs her, sits with her for a minute. She then goes into the kitchen, pours orange soda into a cup, and puts arsenic in it, stirs it up, and then gives it to this two-year-old. So the two-year-old becomes violently ill. Mm-hmm. Probably she, very quickly. Yeah, she says that she she's just got an upset stomach, gives her more soda. So sits there and watches the two-year-old get violently ill, gives her more, and then sits there and tells her mother you don't need to take her to the hospital. It's just an upset stomach. It'll, it, it will pass. And because they waited, they got her to the hospital and she died. And this was the second child she had done that way. Because the older sister, she had bought her the ice cream cone mm-hmm. uh, two years earlier on the day that Shirley was born. Right. And poisoned her. What are we doing here? I don't know. What's happening? Okay, so. This is crazy. I know. Um, Police investigate further and learned that while Shirley was being treated by the doctors, Earl leaves the hospital. She stops off at a local insurance agency and paid a past due premium on a life insurance policy she had taken out on Shirley. We know all the words to this song on this podcast. It's all too too much of a cliche. Wow. Yeah. She, okay, so the policy was set to lapse due to non-payment on May the 2nd, 1952. And we are in, this is May the 1st. So it's the day before. Yep. Investigators also learned that Earl had taken out $5,500 worth of insurance on the little girl. And in today's amount, Katie looked that up for me before we started. Mm -hmm. That's $61,000. And we've, oh my God, we're talking about the same thing again because back then, uh, the reverend. The reverend. You could take out an insurance policy on anybody. Yeah. And they wouldn't even know about it. You could get them out of vending machines. Yeah. But even like putting it in today's money, $61,000 is not a ton. I mean, it's it's a lot of money. It can change. That can change someone's life. But it's not murder-worthy. Death row. Nothing's murder-worthy. Don't get me wrong. Well, I mean, is anything worth poisoning a two-year-old? A two-year-old. Come on now. Absolutely nothing. But you would still at least think it would be more Mm -hmm. money. Like you will run out of $5,500. Yes. Exactly. On May the 8th, Earl Dennison was arrested for the murder of Shirley Weldon. And when the sheriff arrived to take her into custody, he found Earl in bed. He gave her a few minutes to dress, only to find that while he waited, she took an overdose of barbiturates in a suicide attempt. She was taken to the hospital and had her stomach pumped. And within a couple of days, she was taken to the Julia Tutwiler Prison for Women in Wetumpka. Because the, the sheriff was like, oh no. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, getting her stomach pumped, an option that these little girls did not have. No, we're going to pump your stomach because you're going to be alive and well when Mm -hmm. we we do this. Yes. This episode of True Crime on Easy Street is brought to you by the Chamber of Cherokee County. Thank you so much for being a sponsor. They want to remind us to shop local. Scott, what does that mean? That means that Amazon sucks and that Teresa and Joy do a fantastic job of promoting local businesses. Ribbon cuttings almost every week. Yes. 
And Every week, they I just see want that. you to know to stay here in the county. You can buy anything here that you can buy anywhere else. So just do that here. That's right. And when you shop local, you're supporting those businesses that put it back into the community. They sponsor your ball teams, your school events. They buy your donuts. They buy your wrapping paper. A very engaged community here in Cherokee County, and they all want to support local high schools and elementary schools and middle schools. So give them your money if you're going to buy it somewhere anyway, mm-hmm. and let them give it to your kids. Absolutely, and. They, not only do they sponsor ball teams, they support clubs, meetings, uh, all of this. They have the uh, young chamber members that come. Yeah, Youth Leadership, a, Cherokee. Yep, on a mm-hmm. monthly basis or quarterly basis. Right. And so they do all of that and they ask one thing of you. All the things that they do, they ask us one thing. Shop local. Absolutely. So there's this newspaper in town that I happen to be the managing editor of. It's called the Cherokee Post Herald and we're doing this uh, promotion. It's a subscription drive. And what we want you to do is subscribe to the paper. And as a reward for that, we let you enter our bull hard cash contest. We're going to give away $500. The bowl game list is out. All of the, uh, the bowl games that will be in the paper. There's a, an entry list. You pick the winners of the 14 featured bowl games. There's a tiebreaker at the end. You have to subscribe for as little as $20 a year, depending on your zip code. And that puts you in the contest. Whoever picks the most winners in the bowl games wins $500, American dollars. So Scott, what's gonna, what are you going to do when I beat you in this? Uh, do you have a subscription? Not yet, but I'm going to. Uh, you better hurry. You have until December the 28th at 5 o'clock to subscribe and enter the contest. I will make that deadline and I will beat you. Challenge accepted. And this week at Easy Street, we have dinner service starting every night at 4. Tuesday nights are bingo night. Wednesday nights, open mic night. Thursday nights, trivia night. Friday night, we have our dance party where the audience picks all the music. And Saturday night is New Year's Eve. We have Paris playing. We've got a masquerade. We have a whole entire New Orleans-style menu. It's not something you want to miss. Come on out and see us. So, of course, she's taken to Julia Tutwiler Prison for Women because why, guys? That's the only one we have in Alabama. It's the only women's prison. Yep. So, there, in the presence of the prison superintendent, Edwina Mitchell, Relling and Dr. Relling, and then Sheriff Lester Holly, Earl confessed in writing to the murders. Dennison confessed that on May the 1st, 1952, As I told you, everything. She greeted her with a big hug. She made her the orange soda. And the little girl started getting sick. She gave her another soda to help ease her stomach. Made her even more ill. And fast forward to the toddler died. Now, authorities questioned Dennison for four hours and reported that she was, quote, as cool as anyone could be. But she doesn't try to she doesn't try to deny it. She's just like, you got me. She just writes it out what she did. Even to the point of talking about the little girl coming up and hugging her and sitting in her lap and everything. Wow. Yep. Just wow. Authorities are going to decide now to look into the death of Polly Ann, which is Shirley's older sister, because of the similarities in deaths and because Earl Dennison worked in the same hospital where Shirley was born and Polly Ann died. Now, Polly Ann was also insured by Earl Dennison. 
I was going to guess. Yep. And on the day of her death, she was being watched by Earl because her little sister was being born. And then they had the celebratory ice cream. And then Polly Ann became violently ill. So that policy paid out. Because they didn't look into her death immediately, did they? No, they did not. So authorities exhumed the body of Polly Ann and found fatal traces of arsenic. They also dug up her husband's body, Lim, age 47. Natural cause. Okay. Here's what I think. And this is Kelly Turner's opinion. Mm. I think she poisoned him too. They just couldn't. He had been dead long enough and they just couldn't find the traces. Maybe it was just enough that it didn't show up, but enough to kill him. But at 47? Dollar. Seems a little young for natural causes. Maybe. Even in the 50s. Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, anyways. So Earl was set to go to trial on August the 14th, 1952. But the day before she was to appear in court, she smuggled a razor blade into her cell and again tried to attempt suicide. Now, she was not successful. And she tells the prison guards, I'm sorry. I must have been out of my mind. Clearly. She's very. uh, At several points along this journey. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we've we've been there, Earl, for a mm-hmm. while. The trial began the next day, and the prosecution presented overwhelming evidence that Earl committed the crime. And then, of course, Earl admitting that she had access to arsenic, but said she was just using it as bug killer. So she's she's trying to get out of this this conviction, even though she's already confessed and has written it all down. But now she's like, no, in front of the doctor, the sheriff, the the warden. Mm-hmm. You know, she's admitted to everything. The all-male jury convicted her and recommended a death sentence. Now, I mean, I guess we can talk about it being an all-male jury, and is that really fair? I don't know. Uh, that's pretty much the way justice worked in Alabama back in the 50s and 60s. It was, I, I bet it was 12 white males. Probably was. In their 40s and 50s yeah, and 60s. And, 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 and both sides be, would have a, they would have a say in that jury selection. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and just to be clear, Earl is a white woman. Yeah. Um, But still... You're probably right. 12 yeah. white, 12 white, 12 in white 50s, males in their 50s. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But they're going to convict her and they're going to go so far as to recommend the death sentence, which is kind of unheard well, of. Well, it sounds like they got it right. In the 50s, you know, to a woman. For a even female. Though there was a double standard there for that. You know. mm-hmm. Oh, wait, you know, uh, women weren't given the right to serve on federal juries until like until the 50s. So they probably didn't serve on state juries uh, much at all before that. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Sorry. I just know. No, no, no. I just thought no. Good that point. That was a we all learned thing. something new today. Yeah. Okay. So this made national news because Earl Dennison was the first white woman to be condemned to die in Alabama's electric chair. 13 months later. 13. Wow. On September the 4th, 1953. 55-year-old Earl Dennison was electrocuted. Now, when you see pictures of Earl Dennison, she does, in my opinion, she does not look 55 years old. She look older or younger? But she looks older. Okay. But if she, according to my sources here, she was 52 when she poisoned Shirley Diane. The first daughter. No, the second. Second daughter, okay. And so then in 19, that was 1951. So then you fast forward to 1953, mm-hmm. and so now she's 55, right? Yeah. Am I doing that math right? Sounds right. Sort of? Sort of. I don't know. You're in the ballpark. <laughs> so, um, but when you see pictures of her, she looks a lot older than that. So, I, I, 
Well, this was before, you know, oil of Olay. And- well, I just, I don't know. And I also don't know if maybe she had been older when she actually committed the crimes. I don't know. But, but let's just keep an, a star beside um, that age. Just, just, but every, every reference that I have that we will list in our show notes has her at 52 years old when she committed the crime. That doesn't sound old to me at all. No. In nineteen fifty. Because I am 52. <laughs> wow. All right. So Earl Dennison's last words were these. God has forgiven me for all I have done. And then while she's being strapped into the yellow wooden chair. Old Yeller, it was called. Big Yellow Mama. Big Yellow Mama? I thought it was Old Yeller. Big Yellow Mama. Big Yellow Mama, that's well, right. Yeah. Now, Old Yeller might have been at the men's prison, or is it? Is Maybe it, that's is it just one electric chair in the state of Alabama. I'm not sure. I, I think, think there's just, we just one. had one. I Big Yellow Mama. Yeah, I think okay. I got the name Maybe wrong. So. I think it's Big Yellow Mama. That's okay. Right. Is she while while this is happening? She said, "Please forgive me for what I did. I forgive everyone." Well, thank you, Earl. Yeah, she's offering her forgiveness for killing two toddlers slowly, painfully. A terrible death. Yes. And so she only sat on death row. You said eighteen months. Thirteen, 13 months. months. 13 they did months. not waste any time, and and it, I don't. I can't find anything about an appeals process or anything. Would well, she, this was the fifties. I was about yeah. to say because now you have an automatic appeal, right? But would she have been like the only woman? I guess on death row is she just sitting there alone this whole time? You know, I don't know. I didn't look that up. I, I, I mean, don't, I, yeah, I, I know that she was probably the, hard uh, to find anyway. But yeah, Earl's significance is. She was the first white woman to be executed. So she um, may have been the only woman she, in If she wasn't alone, time. it was someone else who had poisoned someone with arsenic. I mean, I mean how many a, times have we told this story? And this this in Alabama. Family, I mean, you've got two parents who've had two daughters and they're both gone. And they're gone in horrific ways because they were left with a trusted family member who's a nurse. Wouldn't you think that would be like my father's a nurse. So I would feel 100% confident leaving my toddler mm-hmm. with him. Sure. He's a nurse. He's trained in all the all the things. That's how they felt. Except in my case, you know, my father loves my children and would never hurt them. Mm-hmm. This is an aunt. This is still a relative who I'm just I'm curious. I mean, I know the motivation was money, but was it just to have some more money? Did she did she have a gambling debt? You know, I don't know. Nothing makes it right. Nothing makes it right. I'm just yeah. trying to get to the bottom of this. She had a job. I don't know. Her husband had passed away, so I don't know if that had made times even Some more Some people difficult. are just fucking dirtbags. But did also, have, I still, I, I'm not, I think she poisoned her husband. Did she have children yeah. of her own? No. None do, like you, do you think that could be a, a deep-seated jealousy anger against these family members like that makes got, as much sense as anything you've got these two kids and i don't have any so if i can't have children neither can you i mean that could have been because that drives that makes some people crazy the inability to have children mm-hmm. can really mess with a person especially back when mental health wasn't really discussed and right. you know undiagnosed mental health was such a, is is still such a crisis but yes yes i Good i would point. i would imagine she had some severe mental health issues I would Obviously. think so too. 
I would think so too. Now, after she's, we've talked about Earl's quotes as she was being strapped into the chair. Now, Gaston Weldon, the father, was quoted as saying, I feel nothing but sorry for Mrs. Dennison and her family, but at the same time, I have to remember that she did not show any mercy to my little girl. Yeah. So that's a father. I mean, I'm really shocked that it's not harsher than that. I was about to say, he's offering as much grace in that statement as I think one could muster. I think he is. Totally agree. Now, the Weldon family would eventually win a $75,000 wrongful death settlement against the companies that insured the two girls. They argue that because Earl had, quote, no insurable interest, Mm -hmm. end quote, in the children, the company should have been suspicious of her motives, especially when she took out that second one. Sure. But here After we are in the fifties. the 50s. first one had died. Yeah, that you, we've paid out one. Now you're in. You're taking out another one on this same family's children. It, it, to be, you should never be able to insure someone else's children. Yeah, but didn't Barnwell? Didn't Reverend Willie? Wasn't that in the seventies? Yeah. So yeah. here in Alabama, twenty years after this happened, you could still insure any. Tom, Dick, or Harry. Oh my gosh, he had he had stuff that was just in his pocket, crumpled up. Yes, uh, handwritten stuff. So whatever that lawsuit that they won against that insurance company, seventy five thousand dollars. That lawsuit did not. That information did not reach the Alabama legislature, so that they could pass a law against doing some crazy shit like that. Because twenty years later, Barnwell did it. Well, in Alabama. It's interesting, uh, Maxwell, not Barnwell. Reverend, I'm sorry, Maxwell. Reverend yeah. Willie Maxwell. Um, yeah. But the Alabama Supreme Court upheld the verdict against this insurance company, stating that the quote acts of the defendants play acts of the defendant place the insured child in a zone of danger with un reasonable harm to her and that the defendants in issuing the alleged illegal contracts knew or by the exercise of reasonable diligence should have known that Miss Dennison had no insurable interest in the life of the insurer. Totally agree. End quote. But here we are. And then 20 years later, same thing happens. Willie Maxwell is still doing it. So the Supreme Court, you know, got involved in this. Yeah. But, but it just didn't. The hit. legislature didn't hear it. It didn't right. follow it. Yeah, and and that is now a law. I was trying to look up and see. Okay, when I thought that that's it, what you were when doing. That exactly passed, and I and I couldn't find it. But it is now because I sold insurance for a time, and you have to have an insurable interest. Like you know, it needs to be a direct family member whose finances directly affect your life, a spouse, it can your own child, child right? Your parent, like you know, it's a, a direct insurable interest. Yes. And we're talking about life insurance. We're not talking about, you know, health sure. insurance or, mm. you know, liability insurance. We're talking about life insurance. Yeah. That's odd. Yes, which is already just like a creepy, you know, thing to deal with anyway, because you were talking about yeah. the probability of of someone passing away. And, and, that, and that is a business. Like they, An actuarian gets in there and decides what the probability is of them passing away anytime soon. And they... Develop a premium based on that. Based on that probability. So the premiums on these little girls were probably very small because yeah. the younger you are, the less your life insurance policy is. And so she probably paid very little money for these policies and was going to make out big on them. Now, is it not strange even today to have young people 
insur- like life insurance on young people. They is would that say, odd to me? No, they That's would tell to you to, odd to, me. Um, to purchase life insurance on your child the second they're born is what right. an insurance agent would tell you because it's very cheap and you just, you never huh. know. But that is on your own child. Yeah, not and, not your nieces and nephews. Right. And there are policies that you can put money into that, you know, are almost like a savings situation. So like once you're- It's like, is that term life? No. Yeah, but, um, I'm. I'm gonna get off. I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but yeah, there are. But there, are, there are there are a, a big portion of insurance agents that would tell you that to buy life insurance for your child the second they're born. Right. So I have a, a a snippet from an article on September the third, nineteen fifty three. Uh, Governor Gordon Persons today refused to spare the life of Mrs. Earl C. Dennison, the nurse who poisoned her infant niece and must die in the electric chair tonight. In a dramatic announcement to newsmen following a clemency hearing, Person said, I will not interfere with a sentence. His refusal to intervene means Mrs. Dennison, and this article says 55-year-old former hospital nurse from Wetumpka, Alabama, will become the first white woman ever electrocuted in Alabama. Mrs. Dennison is scheduled to die shortly after midnight at Kilby Prison. The governor said, I am sorry, of course, to have to be the governor to make this decision for the first time. The poisoned child is just as dead as if the crime had been committed by a man. God bless Mrs. Dennison's soul. Hey, good for Governor Persons. That was the governor, and that is from If anybody the, deserved uh, it, it was her. Yeah, that's from the Hattiesburg American on September the 3rd, 1953. So, governor said... Sorry. Which is kind of a... Oh, I don't, that's a terrible quote for today. The child's just as dead as if a man did it. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I understand what he's saying. It's it Probably before press agents were part of the governor's office. Well, and it... it he's right. Oh, sure. Uh, it, it's... Indelicately it's, spoken, but... Yes. Still correct. Yes. Um, it should not matter... Right. That... It's a woman. Well, he didn't want to interject himself into the uh, justice, the process of justice. And if only Bob James had kept his nose out of I was just the justice say process that. when Judith Ann Neely was convicted to die, mm. I was just we wouldn't say be that. feeding and boarding her today. Because, you know, governors typically don't step in and do that. But for whatever reason, we go back to Fob James. That's our season one, episode one. The very first episode we ever did. He decided. Fob James can kiss my ass. <laughs> to, no, we don't say that oh, here. At I'm, I'll say it again. Oh, well, that's Scott's opinion. Fob James can kiss my ass. Lord. But for whatever reason, on, on his way out, he commuted her sentence. The day and, he left office. And... She comes up eligible for parole now because of that. Yeah, and has come up eligible has, has. two or three times. Because he flubbed it. Since then, yeah. He oh. didn't, I don't, I don't believe he understood what, what, what he was doing. He said that to you, Scott. He told me that. He I said, my lawyers told me that she would never be eligible for parole based on the way they read the statutes. And you but oops, 15 years later, after your death sentence is, or after your life sentence it was a death sentence. But it was when it was commuted to life, oh, the yeah. clock started ticking. 15 years later, she's eligible for parole. She's never going to get out. I believe he didn't understand that system. I believe he had I think there's a lot of things advice. Bob James never understood. I think in his well, life. but I mean you're not you talked to him, Scott. I mean yeah. you actually spoke to him. Did you buy it? 
Yeah, well, yeah. He, he believed. Yes, he believed what he, he was telling. He believed what he was telling. Yes. Well, then, so then it was a mistake. That just makes him a fucking idiot. It's probably a mistake that he regrets. I don't know. I can't speak for Governor James, but you know, he's in Miami today, uh, living the high life at in his early nineties uh, at some high rise. Are you making that up? Or are you really not? No, that? that's the last I heard. He's he's living in Miami. So I wish are I was you, living in Miami. Yeah, so yeah. you're keeping up with him, huh? Well, it was inadvertent, but yes. Inadvertent. I'm not stalking him. I didn't say <laughs> okay. that you were. Wait, did I just dox a former governor of the state of Alabama? I don't want to get involved in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. He's um he's but he's but he is still alive to as far as day, I know. In his nineties. Yeah, he's in his nineties. Yeah. So uh Governor Persons, I don't believe, is still alive today. I doubt it. Yeah, but uh, Governor Persons did not get involved and said, sorry. Good for him. Not, not, I don't like to be the governor when this is happening, but. That but sounds like a guy I could vote for. It is what it is. So um, that is our final story for 2022. Yet another Alabama lady poisoner. I, you know what? You just gave us uh, gifts earlier and it's edibles. And now I'm having second thoughts. <laughs> okay, let me clear, clarify. They're not edibles. Oh, yeah. They're Sorry. homemade Christmas gifts. Wink, wink. That are cracker. I mean, firecrackers and, and peppermint bark. I don't know. I'm, I'm feeling a little lightheaded. And nut, there are no bad ingredients in those. All right. <laughs> Well, I'm going to eat them anyway. There are no illegal ingredients whatsoever. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. But I thought you guys would, uh, it was probably in bad taste for me to give you a homemade snack treat on the day that we talk about someone being poisoned. But the, And I you did, did not, it anyway. Well, I didn't I've eaten, mean it that way. I've eaten a large portion of mine already, so I guess we'll find out. She's you fine. all seem uh, fine. Garbage cans right here. You all seem you fine. <laughs> But that's it. Thank you guys for a wonderful season two and 2022. I want to tell everybody about what we're going to do in 2023, but you guys will will. poke my eyes out if if I do. If only you knew, Scott. I know, right? I feel like I have no idea what the hell's going on. Well, you'll probably say something and we'll just edit it like we always do. Yeah, but if I wait and say it when the music starts, then it gets more complicated and she can't do it as easily. (laughs) But I'm not going to do it, I promise. Everybody have a fantastic... Happy New Year, everybody. Good night, everybody.